But it is RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call at radiojustice.org, where something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in cubicle nation. Today on Conversation Piece, we discuss health disparities with Dr. Glenna Tolbert, of Tobert Center for for Rehabilitation and Wellness, along with her husband, CFO of the Tobert Center, Kelvin Tobert. And we will be covering health disparities in the areas of race, socioeconomic status, private practices, insurance contracts, the business of medicine, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Conversation Peace. Dr. Glenna Tolbert and Kelvin Tolbert. Welcome to Conversation Peace. To a Medi-Cal program with your Medicare, which means all of a sudden- It was now, managed care yes, too. Yes, managed care, it's an HMO. So now all of a sudden, you can't go see your doctor that you were seeing before. And they did it to people, especially, you know, these are older, poor people mm-hmm. out of our community. Right. Yes. People were in the hospital, and, and, and in the middle of the hospital, when they went out, they went back to the doctor, and they couldn't even see the doctor anymore. Because yeah, now they're they in they a did. managed care system <laughs> where they have to go through authorizations, and it's Medi-Cal. Right. So a lot of times, you're not even going to see a doctor anymore. Wow, and not given the opportunity to yeah, and they wouldn't even let us sign those papers right. and and right. And so we tried get through to that bureaucracy for them and get them out, but they mm-hmm. wouldn't talk to us. So one of my patients, she happened to be a patient advocate mm-hmm. as a living mm-hmm. and a Medicare Medi-Cal patient. Mm-hmm. And so we, every time it would happen, we would give the patients her number, and she would get them out. And she's disabled. She came down to Crenshaw with me in her wheelchair and access. Uh huh. Yeah, and and help me get the word out to everyone on mm-hmm. the town hall. Mm-hmm. And then I we were able to get a grant through Association of Black Women Physicians and did it again. Mm-hmm. This time I was able to do it at Proud Bird with dinner for people. Mm-hmm. And we had people come down from with mm-hmm. the state of California. I had students from UCLA, Public Health. I had nurses organizations. I had my patients, because mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm, so cute. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they were like plants. Like one of my patients, he stood up. I don't think Mr. Brown knew what he was doing. My doctor says I can't. He was just posturing in public, you know, mm-hmm, to let mm-hmm. him know that he was not happy in front right. of the politicians. <laughs> Right, right, right. And so fortunately, we got it overturned down here in L.A. County. So in L.A. County, they yeah. cannot, L.A. County, they cannot passively enroll our folks anymore. Yeah. They stopped that. They still can do it in Orange County. Yeah. But they can't do it in L.A. County. Right. You but Orange County was ready for them because what was happening up here in L.A. County. Right. Wow. Yeah. And this is part of that health disparity. Yes. And that's what I mean, how it takes a team, because I'm a firm believer that, 
you know, activism isn't just about the doctors, the nurses. It's about the doctors, the nurses, the social workers, the patients, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the filmmaker, the mm-hmm. you know, the the j- news journalists. You know what I mean? Everyone has to work together. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. There's a. Did you know that movie Power to Heal? No. That movie Power to Heal. I went to the showing of it um, two weeks ago, and the producer was there. And it's the true story. Uh, it's the true story of the um, desegregation of the hospitals in the United States under Lyndon Johnson, and how he literally he tricked the hospitals. He used Medicare as a way to get them to desegregate. He said, "You're not getting any of this Medicare money until you desegregate these hospitals." They showed these pictures of graphics of the black people, the way we were treated. It's also the story of how. You know, black doctors, we weren't allowed to be a part of the AMA. We went to an AMA function last night. They're trying to apologize, but anyway. Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, how we couldn't admit our patients to the hospital. But it's the desegregation and how they use Medicare to get it done. And then the backstory is 700 volunteers went across the country to make sure it was getting done because the government didn't have enough staff. And then I'm sure some people just didn't want to do it, maybe. But these were all kinds of people, you know, because hospitals were playing games, moving around comatose patients and saying, see, we're desegregated, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. So Lyndon Johnson did that and uh, showed Howard's part in it and Morehouse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, right, right, I just love yeah. my school. Right. Um, so that's mm-hmm. a crazy story. Yeah. And it just makes you. And, and so. I just think about even when I was at Howard in training, and that was in the 80s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we shared the hospital with uh, Georgetown. Um, but yeah, my point, though, is that's a great, powerful movie, Power to Heal. Yes. She's trying to get the word out to show young people how movement is started. Because a lot of people, and not, you know, young people, old people, we've com- become complacent with voting. So with um, health disparity, race, socioeconomic status, going into um, the moving of private practices uh, yeah, to, to corporate yeah, practicing in a large story city. Because of the, a lot of the doctors of color, wanted, they went into medicine because they wanted to serve their communities. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones who took a lot of these patients who had maybe Medi-Cal, mm-hmm. but after uh, the Affordable Care Act, Medicare no longer, the physicians no longer were able to directly contract to get with Medi-Cal. So what happened is it became a part of a big, I don't know, how would you say it, something called that's called an IPA. Mm-hmm. But if you just think of it as a business, mm-hmm. right? And the only way the doctors could then see their own patients is they had to sign up contracts with this business. Like LA Care is one of them. Yeah. Oh. L.A. Care, Molina, those are all the ones that are on yeah. the... Uh, the uh, and so it drove a lot of them out of business. Well, and the, the interesting thing a lot of people don't understand from the business of medicine is that uh, when you have Medicare, Medicare has what's called a fee schedule that's totally transparent. If you know what you're going to do as a physician, if you know what you're going to do for a patient, they're already telling you what your fees, your reimbursement is going to be. Private insurance companies don't have a fee schedule yeah, they like hide that. It. It's totally individual to each doctor. And they won't ever let each doctor know what the other doctor's getting paid. Now, the reason this is problematic is in our community right now, 
you see a lot of Kaiser satellite offices opening yes, up and a yes, lot of these other ones. Yes. Well, those in all probability, those offices are getting reimbursed a lot more than that black doctor who was sitting there for seeing doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they he don't even know about it. That's a, there's some that's crazy stuff going on out here. That's how they drive them out of business. <laughs> that's that's crazy. how they drive them out of business. We're so excited about seeing the Kaiser pop-ups. And that, that black doctor community. is going to be working for Kaiser in a little while because right. he ain't going to be a spot. And some of them are, well, Carlos, <laughs> we've literally watched them go out of business. <laughs> and they're not able to take care of their patients. They've been taking care of these patients in their communities for years. And we had, oh, and we had this other doctor he was the founder of the Black Cardiologist. Dr. Richard Allen Williams. Yes. And he's written yes. a lot of, that's his function we went to last night. Oh, okay. And one of my first papers that I published on spinal cord injury and hypertension, he helped me with, and that paper never dies. I've gotten contacted from doctors in Spain on mm -hmm, that paper. Mm -hmm, and I just, mm -hmm. we just went to an event honoring him last night oh wow yeah okay. we've yeah. had him on liberated sisters well and he's written books on healthcare disparity oh, yeah. yeah like that's what i was books. thinking yeah. of when i was thinking oh if i come back i was gonna ask dr richard to come with me i'm sure he's but, just, but, they're but just, just so humble he's so just, humble yeah. and he is amazing he one is. of my favorite stories about him is because my cousin who's not chopped liver either, because she's Harvard and Dr. Richard Allen Williams is Harvard. And she's in the Hall of Fame of, at UCLA in the School of Public Health. And she's in the Smithsonian. And by the way, Dr. Richard Allen Williams' book has just been inducted into the Smithsonian for the African American Museum. But anyway, she was telling me, she said she remembers in the 70s when, and I'm not telling this story exactly right, but uh -huh. the point is right. So my cousin told me there was like in the 70s, there were these policemen that had been shot. And so they came into King or, you know, the hospital down there and they'd been shot. And the doctors, black doctors were there to help them. And the police officers died. And they tried to try the doctors as homicide, mm -hmm. which is clearly racism. So my cousin said, oh, yeah, I remember when Dr. Richard Allen Williams sent around letters to all of us to raise money. And he raised money for their attorney fees and got them off. Wow. But when I mentioned my mentor and activism, that's what I was referring to. Because okay. I did uh -huh. another event and I asked him to help me. And I said, God, I feel so, I feel like such a rebel rouser. I feel so uncomfortable. And he said to me, quote, no, that's what you're supposed to be doing as a physician. He's amazing. Yeah, he, he is. And so humble. He is. And, and just, he is yeah, amazing. I can see you in him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is. I, I've, but I've I met him because of him. Kelvin. Uh-huh. Okay. Because Kelvin's frat brother is a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. And he turned me on to Dr. Richard Allen Williams, who's an honorary Sigma. Mm -hmm. We had him on. Oh, good. The That's sisters. what I was thinking of. Yeah, he's Several awesome. Several years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We heard him lecture after we had him on the air. I think it was that same, like the same weekend at King Drew. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was talking mm -hmm. about health disparities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's his, his yeah. area. Um, and that's when I learned that the state of Louisiana had the highest incident of amputating black men, feet and mm -hmm. legs, mm -hmm. because the, the white doctors and maybe just the system overall. And the food there. Felt like So they that. get in the system in the first place. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's where the prevention comes in. We don't even want to be in that, put ourselves in those positions if we can help it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because I, I have um, Uncle Sheldon and 
I would always tell Uncle Sheldon, I was like, Uncle Sheldon, we had this doctor on the air and you got to take care of your diabetes because they're going to chop your toe mm -hmm. off. They're not going to have you heal your wound. This is how he told the story. He said, the doctors aren't go are not going to think that old man Joe is going to come back and see them at the hospital to handle his wound care. Mm -hmm. So since old man Joe's not going to do that, let's just chop his foot off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's Louise the easiest is thing to do. And the same with the corporatization of medicine. The easiest thing to do is this is the algorithm. Everyone mm -hmm. get this pills, you mm -hmm. get the steroid injection, steroid injection doesn't work anymore, you know, so then we get a knee replacement, it's over. Right. You know what I mean? Do, 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 right. do, do, do. It's right. gone. And it's set up, you know, and, and, and actually the physicians are complicit in it too. Yeah. Because of the fact they're set up and they know better, but the person who's replacing that knee, he gets paid every time he replaces that knee and he's counting the numbers that he's doing. Same as the one who's going to cut off their foot, they're counting. And right. they get paid each time. and they Right. Know. The highest incident in the country, the state of Louisiana, mm -hmm. for amputating mm -hmm. black men. Crazy. You got to get that sweet tea off the table. Get that sweet tea off the table. <laughs> Stop eating that, that, that cornbread. Can't, can't have the cornbread every day. Cornbread and buttermilk. And not with the beans and rice. And with the, right, right. Just all of that. The sweet potato pies and... Mm. Just, just our our whole culture yeah. of of eating. It's not yeah. it's not healthy. Yeah, and that's where the community piece comes in. That's why I said it's not just about the doctor. You know, sometimes the filmmakers. You know, whatever resonates. That's why you have, mm -hmm. to have different different ways because for some people, film that'll resonate with them. Yes. For some people, it's the barber shop. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's you know, for some of us like it's our girlfriends. Right. You know whatever yes, it may be. Yes. We all it's different for us. Right. You know, Dr. Richard Allen Williams is big on you know having more doctors of color. We know statistically that when people have people who look like them, they do better. They listen to them. So you guys were very integral in getting that change for the Medi Medi mm -hmm. in LA County. We like to when think did so, when, we worked hard when, enough. Well that's our story, okay? Right. We're sticking with so it. So when 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 did you get started with that and when did the change come? That had to be when you were president, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it had to be back president then. President of Association Black Women. Yeah, because you know this thing, you uh, the African proverb, right? If you want to go somewhere quickly you go it alone, but if you want to go far you go in groups. So that's the good thing of when you do serve in an organization. You know, you have greater access. You know, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't have been president. Because right, you're offered grants, and so I just kind of turned the grant into what I wanted. Yeah, we had uh, three events. So one that was over at the, um, what's the name of the theater that we're doing in, in La Merck? Uh, yeah. The Vision. Vision. Mm -hmm. we, had to, we had one there, right? And, and we had uh, Proud one Bird. at... The proud word was actually third because we had another one at Lux, and that's Lux. when Dr. Williams helped me. With. Yeah, and yeah. that one we had a lot of people from the state come down, mm -hmm. people from Covered California, and we had a lot of representatives there, mm -hmm. and they got a little the hot and testy in that Yeah, room. the insurance companies. <laughs> they got a little hot and testy yeah. in there. <laughs> and then even walk, just walking the streets mm -hmm. when I did the Taste of Soul, mm -hmm. just talking to the people was awesome. What were you saying to the mm -hmm. people when you were walking? Just the normal stuff. I said, you know, I grew up here. <laughs> And um, I said, do you know what's happening? Don't give up your Medicare, right. you know? And I remember this, I said, I realized, okay, this is not a black thing. This is a people thing. Mm 
This is a people thing, you know, because I remember this white woman said to me, I know what you're talking about. I work my whole life as a da 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 and I finally get Medicare, and they're trying to tell I know what you're talking about. You know, she really got it, you know, and it's true. I mean, because Medicare is not bad at all. For your basics of what you need, it's good. And you have the private insurance. They're trying to take that away. They're tricking people with that, too. Right. And, and, before, and before you talk, Calvin, let me make sure everybody knows that Dr. Glenna Tobert's husband, Calvin Tobert, mm -hmm. is here with us also. And they partner together in her practice. They partner together in community activism. They partner together in a lot of other um, things, too. Mm -hmm. Calvin. To, to give you an example, for Medicare, they have codes that they bill with. If you bill a 99215. For Medicare, the reimbursement is about $150 is what they give back to the doctor. You have that same code under Medi-Cal, and they give you back $57, okay? Of that $57, Medi-Cal has, Medi has a habit of downcoding you. So they'll say it wasn't a 1.5. We believe it was a 1.3, and you got to fight for it. Basically, they reimburse you. Instead of $57, they reimburse, re reimburse you $23. So basically, you get $23 for the same thing you get from Medicare, $150. And in our community, we tend to be the most complex, right? We're coming in with high blood pressure, diabetes, you know, you know, little Susie, you know, you know, all the kids are in the house. So I'm stressed, you know, all this. And you wonder why, you know, you're getting five minutes, you know, because there's $23. It's $23, or you're seeing maybe not the doctor. You're waiting to see, and not to say anything negative about the nurse practitioner, but the fact that, you know, the specialty care that you might have needed or the level of care for the complex patient, you know, the care is being diluted. They have their algorithms and they put you in it. And just to let you know, if you contracted with LA Care, instead of giving you $23, it's $18 because they keep five of it. You know, wow, <laughs> and it's and so tell me how does that work with the private practices? Earlier, you said that um, there is no full disclosure on what the reimbursement fee is for private practices, right? With private practices, uh, like Blue Shield, Blue Cross, uh, you know, Cigna, and all the rest of them, they say it's illegal for them to uh, disclose what another doctor is getting paid. So therefore, you can have a doctor who's right next door to you, and they can be getting more for the same service that you're providing. And there's no way to fight it when they don't tell you what it is. Matter of fact, they say it's illegal for them to even tell you what it is, you know, which is, you know, of course, on their side. Now, the problem with that, of course, for doctors in the neighborhood who were used to seeing patients, and it's almost like pro bono, you know, it's hard to... To see a patient, if you're getting $18 and your neighbor who you're competing against is getting 50 bucks, Right. For the same same thing. Yeah. You know, you wonder why, you know, the furniture in this office is tore up and the furniture in this one's nice. You, you wonder why they right. got, you know, right. water in this one. They don't have water right. in that one. And they're not answering the phone <laughs> yeah, because they want, can't afford to have exactly. staff. <laughs> Type of things that you're not even thinking about when it comes to health disparity. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, the first thing I think of when it comes from for health disparity is the actual health of the patient, the care the patient is coming, is, is receiving, but not even think about the business mm -hmm. of medicine. Right. Because well, with no money, 
you you can't have you can't see the patient. Well, you need you know, it costs money. For example, in my practice, we actually have some patients who need preservative free medications, you know, lidocaine when I'm doing a procedure. Well, don't you think preservative free lidocaine costs more? Then regular old generic lidocaine. So that comes to the money again. Mm. So if you're going to the practice that can't afford that, then guess what? You can't get preservative free lidocaine, you mm. know, so you might have an allergic reaction. That, that translates into patient care. Um, you know, if the phone isn't being answered, that translates into patient care because that office can't afford to have the staffing. The doctor's stressed, the doctor's irritable, they're not paying you the attention. Um, you know, that's necessarily needed. You wonder why, you know, they're tired. It all translates right. into patient care. So now I understand why some private offices will not take certain insurances because they don't want to have that insurance contract mm -hmm. to be limited on the type of health care that they can give. Correct. Right, because on, on your, your site on drglennatolbert.com, you say that you guys go beyond um, what the normal care would be under an insurance contract um, facility because you don't want to restrict your team of thinking creatively of how to provide patient care. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We always say if someone comes in, in pain, we don't want to say, hold up. We got to see if we get authorization for that procedure. That's not a good look for the patient or for our, us. Right. But before we go to break, I want you to think about giving this information to, to our listeners and to those who want to have a private practice mm. and understand the business hmm. of medicine. Huh. How do you get from under that contract? Wow. And what is the plan for, mm. for that? Because you got to have your financial plan. Because the, these are the type of health disparities that, that we are not aware of. Mm -hmm. And in the general speaking, we always think of not having access to, to our medications, mm -hmm. not having access to the state of the art equipment and mm -hmm. what have you. We'll go to a break and we'll come back. I'm Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on RadioJustice.org. And we're talking about health disparities with Dr. Glenna Tolbert and her husband, Calvin Tolbert. And you will find more information about them at DrGlennaTolbert.com. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Conversation Piece. I'm Angela Birdsong, your host, and we have Dr. Glenna Tobert and the CFO, Kelvin Tobert, of Tobert Center and Rehabilitation and Wellness. We are talking about health disparities. Kelvin was talking, and we got to bring this on the mic. You guys were at the Lux Hotel for one of your three um, gatherings, groups, of activism to change this Medi to Medi without having proper education for, for patients when they are, mm-hmm. when their Medicare being is being changed to Medi-Cal. Mm-hmm. And you said the conversation got a little heated. You brought up the point of why have mm-hmm. a contract between the doctors and the insurance company? Shouldn't there be a contract between the doctors and the patients? Mm-hmm. Right. There's no direct way through Covered California that a doctor can contract with the patients. If you know how Covered California works, they have to contract with an insurance company. So they have to buy an insurance policy. Then all the doctors then are mandated to contract with that insurance company if they want to see that patient. So I was asking the question, why does the doctor have to go to the insurance company to get to the patient? Basically, you know. They couldn't have a good answer for that besides the fact that, you know, the insurance companies, uh, they said, are the ones who are paying all the bills. So since the insurance company is paying the bills, they figured that the doctors have to contract with the insurance companies. And again, just like I mentioned earlier with private insurances, there's no guarantee as to what type of contract that doctor is going to get because they're completely on their own when it comes to contracting with the insurance company who, you know, by the government has been granted all the patients. So therefore that doctor doesn't have much room to negotiate because if they want to see the patients, they're pretty much going to take what the insurance company is going to pay them. Right. And then, of course, the bigger picture is bringing in the lobbyists. Right. Insurance companies have lobbyists. Small doctor's offices don't. Big Pharma has lobbyists. And this is a government agency. So I guess everybody got to figure out what that means. Have something else on your plate mm-hmm. that you are going to have to galvanize. Mm-hmm. And have you thought about that approach of dismantling the relationship of doctors with the insurance companies and the insurance companies being out of the pictures but going directly with with the patients and i guess that really was my question um when we went into break so i have two questions um the first question is what we had when we were going into break what advice do you give to a practice who wants to re to mm-hmm. get out of an insurance contract so we'll we'll address that and and how do they survive mm-hmm. the the next question is how do you do movement building to dismantle that whole machine hmm. of getting rid of the insurance company and putting back doctor and patient together mm. again? Hmm. That, that's a, a loaded question. Uh, the first part, remind what was the first question? Well, the first part is how, you know, because um, Dr. Glenna, she, you guys had, decided that the Tobert Center was mm-hmm. not going to be beholding to insurance contracts. Right. Right. So Correct. you got so how, what advice do you have 
for how do somebody else make that happen for their practice? It depends on what your practice is. Okay, for our practice, it was uh, we do rehab and pain management. Uh, for us, our patient typically is a little older. So, therefore, Medicare is there for us. Since it's a transparent fee schedule, we can accept Medicare and we don't have a problem with the reimbursements for Medicare. Okay, so with that said, we didn't need the other insurances to survive because we knew that with Medicare, we'll be able to have enough to survive our own practice. We were able to do that because of what what type of business we have. We also do a lot of expert medical witnessing, you know, uh, testimonies at courts, and we have other things to try to bring income in. So therefore, we can put together a cash policy that people can use and come see us with their private insurance. But what we tell our patients is that we will bill your insurance company, but they're going to have to reimburse you because you're going to pay us on what our fee schedule say for those folks. And it works out for a lot of folks, you know, and they get the chance to deal with the insurance company directly themselves, especially since they're the one who picked the insurance company. Okay. Okay. So it actually works out well. So it depends on what the, the, the specialty is of the doctors. Uh, someone dealing in, you know, straight, I guess what primary care to be more difficult. You know, if you're, if you're dealing with folks who are not of the Medicare age, you know, it's tougher because most people are going to go wherever the insurance company says go. Now, one of the things that's happening with the insurance policies, what everybody should be aware of is that right now the deductibles are like five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. Most people don't meet their deductible to begin with. Okay, so therefore, if they have a cash basis going on with their patient and a doctor, they typically can do it because most of the time when you pay cash uh, to a doctor, you can work out a a payment plan with the doctor where it's actually cheaper than than what the insurance company was going to pay them. Because like I explained to you, uh, through L.A. Care, if a person goes see a doctor, uh, depending on the level, you're talking about between $18 and $57 as far as reimbursement is what the doctor actually gets. So therefore a patient can just pay you 50 bucks. Yes. And then you cut, cut that out right out the beginning, you know? And so, you know, it, 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 it can, it can be done. It, it can be done, but it depends on what your practice is. I, I would think, and I'm just guessing if you in the peds, you know, I think it's a lot harder because that's all, you know, pretty much uh medical. When you say peds, you want people to know it's pediatrics yes. and children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's that. And then what was the second part? Mm-hmm. Well, the second part was just dismantling that beast. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, the insurance is good. The, when, what, what insurance is good, what it's used for, it should be used for, is for catastrophic things. If you got to go to the hospital and you got to have a surgery or something like that, that's that get real expensive. That can, you know, that can put you out, you know, and, and insurance, you know, you have to have it for that. But you don't necessarily have to have it for your day to day preventive medicine, your wellness needs, your, wellness. your doctor visits. Sometimes people get confused. They don't realize that the hospital bill and the doctor bills are totally mm-hmm. separate. Mm-hmm. Explain know. that. Well, I think when people sometimes they're afraid of getting a bill and they see a bill for thousands and thousands, that's typically not the doctor cost. That's the hospital. 
know, the hospital sends out their billing, and then the doctors have separate billings. And the doctor billings, as Calvin mentioned, your doctor visits, we, we might pay that as women more for a manicure or pedicure, mani-pedi, than we, you know, or for, your, for our hair. But the doctor, but the hospital bills, that's, as Kelvin said, that's when we need our, you know, our insurance, those hospital costs. That's what will put us in the poorhouse. Those are the statistics when they talk about people filing bankruptcy and being in debt. It's those hospital bills, not the doctor bills. They're separate. They're okay. separate. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you need insurance for that because if you go to a hospital and you got a $100,000 bill, you're not really caring about a $5,000 deductible anymore, you know, right? But if, but if you go to a doctor and, 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 and this insurance company and told your doctor had to pre-authorize you to go do whatever the doctor say, and then you come to find out that you got to pay the entire bill anyway. You know, so I'm like, well, y'all should have got my permission to preauthorize it. What, what y'all getting the insurance company's permission for? You know, right. so those should be separate. But the insurance companies, again, they want to keep everything under control. So right now, the new covered California, what they're doing now is they're saying that a patient can go see their primary doctor three times in a year with no fee. And it won't, it won't count against your deductible. In other words, you know, they'll, they'll pay for it themselves. Because they're trying to figure out a way, you know, to keep control over that patient, you know, even though, you know, that's only for the doctor visit. If anything has to happen, then you still got to pay for it. And it's going against a $5,000 deductible. You, you still paying no matter which way it goes. Historically, when did this business of medicine health disparity begin to change? Meaning... Um, I remember when I was employed at, at UCLA, my health care was free. I, d- I had no co-payment. Mm-hmm. There was no, no drug fee. It mm-hmm. was zero dollars. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was on my parents' insurance, mm-hmm. it, was, it was free because I knew it was free because otherwise, you know, you would hear your parents saying, ooh, we got to take Angie to the hospital <laughs> again to see the doctor. We got to get this, you know, mm-hmm. this cope. I did, you know, that's not mm-hmm. the conversation I heard in, mm-hmm. in the house. When did it start to change where the costs started to come on the patient, the employee, instead of the employer? And I, and I understand you know, it's about profit margin, but how do we let this wild horse get out? I, I, I don't know the history of, of an exact date, but we, we all heard of people st- when the companies were striking, the labor strikes and stuff. We all know a lot of it had to do with uh, health care. You right. know, because the health care premiums were going up and, and, and the deductibles were going up and the, the employer didn't want to take it on anymore. So, I mean, that's been going on for, you know, at least the last 20 years that I know I've been around. And so I'm sure, you know, it happened before then. But you are correct. We used to not have as, as much of an issue. But now it's huge. You know, it's huge because no one wants to uh, take on that, that, that cost, you know, and, right. and, and it's real. And. You know, the interesting thing is if you look at the uh, stock market and you look at uh, the returns of uh, Anthem Blue Cross and look at the returns of Cigna and Aetna and all of them, they performing their butts off. They making big money, you know, so right. that, that money's coming 
coming from somewhere. You know, if you look at the uh, and, and sometimes it's hard to get their stats, but sometimes they pay more out in the profit to their uh, to their stockholders than they do for reimbursements for physicians. If you look at the numbers. Mm hmm. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know what to say about about that. You know, that's okay. Wow. All right. I my 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 mind is like churning real, really fast on on that. So what used to be benefits, I call now liabilities. And that high premium that I'm paying, and that high deductible that's being paid is going to the investors going to the investors and not to my doctor no <laughs> no no I, I mean i don't remember the, the exact stats but the physician's reimbursement was somewhere i've seen stats where it's been as low as six percent of the fees and now that's just the physician okay right, now then right. they got hospitals and pharmaceuticals right. on top yeah. of it yeah uh but the reimbursements are mm-hmm. you know are, are pretty low you know and uh, let's put it this way i know the reimbursements is lower than what the administration cost is in their middle management <laughs> right <laughs> wow okay now you guys have brought up um something else in regards to um health disparities and this has to do with the role of black doctors in the AMA, that they were not allowed to be in the AMA, the um, American Medical Association. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why the the different black associations came up because, now, so what, what is the purpose of the AMA? Well, what does it do for, for us, for patient care? Mm. What does it do for, for for the doctors mm-hmm. and and all and and those who are in on that doctor team. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. I have to say that the AMA. I would just say because I don't want to mischaracterize what their mission is, but their mission statement is on their website for the American Medical Association. Um, and so I know one of their missions is towards patient, you know, quality of patient care. We were just saying it breaks just the interesting history since we were discussing Medicare. Um, But historically, that uh, black physicians were not allowed to be a part of the AMA, the American Medical Association. I know recently they've made an apology for that and that they are trying to um, obviously, you know, do better. Um, They have their first, I believe, first black woman president now wow yes yes so that's right that's exciting yes Mm -hmm. now what other health disparities are there that that the the normal person like me wouldn't even be thinking about in the medical field that we haven't touched upon yet today Mm -hmm. can you guys think is there anything that we have missed we talked about race socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. private practices decreasing in the large cities and in the insurance contracts. Okay. That's a question. Okay. I know with, with Medicare, you know, by them having a, a, a transparent fee chart, they already equalized it up. Okay. But right now the private companies are trying to talk the patients into having free dental and free eye care and give up their right to go to any doctor they want to. 
with Medicare Advantage. With Medicare Advantage and all these these the other little programs. That's their whole thing. Even with the CCI, that's their whole thing is mm-hmm. you no longer can go. You can't go to any doctor you want to now. You got to go to whatever doctor they have on their list. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the doctors who have signed their contracts, you know, those are the only ones that you can go see. So uh, another thing that, that would make it easier to equalize it, they need to require the private insurance company to be transparent with their contracts. You need to know what those doctors are getting paid. I mean, and a doctor should know what a doctor's getting paid. If, if I'm next door and I find out, you know, this person's getting 50% more than I'm getting, I should be able to know that, you know, because then I, that means, you know, y'all underpaying me, you know. So instead of the law protecting the insurance companies, they need to protect the, uh, the, the patients, you know, by letting the patients know how much the, of their money is actually going to the doctor, you right. know, and for the doctor to know what it is so all of it comes down to a lot of disclosures and transparency it, it that will make things so much better you know and it, they, they keep things secret and and that's that's what that's what makes it real difficult and i tell you i tried to get insurance company to tell me how much people was making on their contracts and they would not tell me they would not tell me but again medicare it's a transparent it's it's, it's right there right so what, what do you think is the main reason for for that lack of full disclosure mm-hmm. but what what are they covering what are they hiding well i think they're giving the insurance companies the uh, the ability to negotiate and get the lowest contract they can get with the providers i mean and 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 assuming that that will allow the insurance companies to lower the claims costs of 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 the uh, uh of, of of what the payout is and therefore they can make more money you know that is what i think they're they're allowing to happen but uh, the problem is is that it's 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 not fair to the 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 physicians especially the ones in the lower communities you know because again if if i'm sitting in say uh compton and i know that my cost is at a certain amount you know and i'm a doctor down there well i'll set up i'll, I'll accept a contract that at at a, at a amount that i know i can make my money at okay but if i'm sitting over in beverly hills and i know what my cost is you know i'm not going to accept that smaller contract you know, so I'm gonna take the higher contract. Now the problem is, is if that doctor in Beverly Hills decides to have a satellite office in Compton, he's coming down and he's gonna have his same contract, and you don't. You know, and and that's the problem. Uh, another thing is, is that if I'm in Compton and I know what the average, you know, income is of the people in Compton, I know that most of them are not gonna have cash to pay, so they're gonna have to depend on the insurance company. If I'm in Beverly Hills. You know, a lot of people care less about the insurance company. They're going to get what they want to get if they got to pay. So therefore, that doctor in Beverly Hills, he can take a he can take a hire. He can get rid of a contract if you don't pay him enough because he know he has enough people who will pay him cash. But the one in Compton. He knows he got to take that contract because he might not be able to survive. So it's 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 not equitable. You know, so if they if they're transparent, then then if everybody knows now we're talking about something where, where somebody can do it and it, it do well. And every doctor will, will know that, OK, if I do this procedure, this is how much I get, you know, because this is what everybody gets. Right. You know, that's what Medicare is. And, and, if, and if you know, like right now we got the uh, uh, the the talks of Medicare for all and all the insurance things going on right now. Which, you know, personally, I'm, I, I like to I like to when they say uh, I want Medicare for all who want it, 
you know so you know i believe there need to be a public option in there and it need to be a transparent public option you know i wouldn't say get rid of all private insurances because i believe they have a role to play but the thing is is i, I do think that 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 we need to make it a little bit fairer for people and i think that will get rid of uh, a little bit of that gap is if, if we can't have that public option that's completely transparent because now the insurance company is going to have to come and play and with that close the gap on the health disparities based on socioeconomic status, based on race, mm -hmm. and being in a rural town as opposed to an urban or suburban area also? I think the uh, the rural town is a little different only because of the fact a lot of times they might have problems with getting actual specialties in that town, you know, so that's a little different. I just know in a big city like, like Los Angeles, it will definitely work out because you know Compton and Beverly Hills is not that far apart from each other you know geographically you know and that's why you'll have you know people who live down in Compton or Inglewood say they got to go to Beverly Hills for their services you know because they get better services over there you know yes uh, and and so that that makes it real difficult for the physicians who want to service those underserved communities to survive mm. a lot of other disparities exactly that, that you get in and another area that has mm -hmm. um, the median income is is higher. Exactly, and and that, and that's really important too. But the the the, the killing thing about 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 uh, medicine, especially when you start talking about Medicare and Medi-Cal, is these are government things. These are not private things. These right. these things is government. So now all these private comp companies that are uh, through Cover California or through the Obamacare, these are private companies. Who are getting paid with government money so right. they should be regulated as a government company you right. accept the contract right. you need to be regulated right let's with get rid of it transparency yeah. <laughs> well we have dr glenna tolbert and her husband kelvin tolbert who is the cfo of tolbert center rehabilitation and wellness and we're talking about health disparities here on conversation piece and we're just going beyond the the normal patient care mm -hmm. of of disparity that, that we're talking that we're talking about, but going inside the business of medicine and these government insurance con contracts, Medi-Cal versus Medicare. So we're going to go to break, and we'll come we'll come back. I'm Angela Birdsong, and you're listening to Conversation Fees. And I already told you who my guests are Dr. Glenna Tobert and her husband, Calvin Tobert, of the Tobert Center Rehabilitation and Wellness. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Conversation Piece. I'm Angela Birdsong, your host, and we have the Tobert Center for Rehabilitation and Wellness. We have the founders, Dr. Glenna Tobert, and the CFO, her husband, Kelvin Tobert. What are the health disparities in, in formulary? And, and explain what formulary is. Oh, okay. So a formulary basically is just the list of medications that your insurance company will pay for. So doctor insurance company is determining what medications you will get. If I know that there's a better medication for me and it's not on the formulary, what should I do as a, as a patient? Well, that's a loaded question because, again, it really depends. It's, it's insurance dictated. You can try to write a letter, but unfortunately, I've had to accept it's not always about what's best for the patient because everything has been really dictated by doctor insurance company. Um, they will say that they're not in between you and your doctor, but the reality, and I think we all should be able to accept that, anytime you require an authorization by an insurance company that is not your doctor, that is doctor and you know that's the insurance company playing doctor so the medications typically are determined by what your insurance company says that they will pay for so it's really up to us when it comes to other aspects of our care though to take control we have to invest in our health also you know um, what we cannot afford and the insurance company is paying for we're grateful for that but we do need to look in our budget and decide on things that we can pay for so we can have the life we want, such as vitamins or some of the other services that we do provide at the center. And that's why at the center, you guys believe in a holistic approach to, to health care, just building a team and going beyond the health disparities. You guys dispel the health disparities at the Tolbert Center because you guys don't give the care based on what the insurance provider is saying they should have. Correct, correct. We actually, um, our, my plans are based on what are going to make you better and as I would say, fabulous. They're not dictated on what the insurance company determines. And what are some of the services you guys offer there? So I believe as a rehabilitation doctor that exercise is the fountain of youth. We all need to be moving. We know that heart disease is the number one killer. But also exercise is a antidepressant. It's a anti-anxiety. It's an aphrodisiac. It's, it's so much more with minimal side effects. But there's many reasons why we don't do it. And so at the center... That's what we are trying to fix are those things that are getting in your way of exercising. So we provide primary care services to help you with your general health. But we also then look at you. I think of it as building a fabulous house. So we have to have a strong foundation. So we look at you nutritionally, looking at your your hormones, making sure you have everything needed to heal, to feel your best. And then if you have an injury, we want to repair that. And that's where the platelets or some of our other healing stimulating procedures come in. And we also look at you mind and body. So as you believe, so you will be. So we want to remind you that you are in control. We do employ mindfulness techniques 
to remind you that you are in control. But we will then also, after we remove some of the barriers to exercise, we will then customize an exercise program for you, something simple, targeted to your individual problem so that you can have the best life and not just live but feel awesome and really try to roll that clock back. And just because you're um, you know, getting older doesn't mean you have to be all decrepit and broken down. You know, We want you to really, really live the life that you deserve. Right, and you say that doctor visits are supposed to be educational. Doctor visits, we are your teacher. It is a gift when we teach you how to take care of yourself and how to be the expert of your own health. Um, and as I said before, because you are the center at the center. Now, with these health disparities, what are some resources that our listeners can go to to empower themselves? So again, our website, um, so that you can learn, because there are a lot, we have a lot of information. I've taken a lot of time in writing information for patients, because I feel information is king. So of course, I'm going to say our website, uh, com, which is just dr, uh, Um But then, oh, you, you have me stuck. On some of the other, you know, res- right. resources. Right, I think off air you said c- cms.gov. Yes, which is a great, it's the Medicare website. Um, and they've done a good job in um, providing information to patients um, um, as well. And, of course, um, you can always Google Dr. Richard Allen Williams and healthcare disparities and find one of his books. Yes, and also the National Institute of Health. Um, that's where our tax dollars go. Um, it's the largest research organization paid for by our tax dollars, which is NIH, National Institute of Health. And I've, I've never even heard of that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. They have great information um, um, and a lot of information on clinical trials also. And the regenerative medicine information and nutrition, alternative medicine, complementary medicine, um, so that's a great resource. Any closing words? Let's start with your husband, Calvin Tolbert, CFO of Tolbert Center. Only remarks I have, uh, if you haven't noticed, I deal with a lot with the finances. So um, the remarks that I like to remind people of is that when it comes to your health care, that the patient has to take responsibility for the health care um, because uh if they're depending on the insurance companies to uh, do things for them, they got to remember the insurance company is typically looking at the bottom line before they're looking at your health. And there's a conflict of interest that's automatically built in there. Uh, so, you know, get as much information, as much education as you can. That's it. Great. Doctor? Um, my closing remarks are my passion and the reason why I founded the center is I want patients to know that there is a place where we do uh, individualize your care. We do appreciate and have an open mind for all types of potential options. Um, So I'm open. Um, I'm I'm an educator. Um, I'm wanting to help patients just along their path of wellness. So the center is there to really combine traditional medicine also with natural approaches 
and I'm open. Patients do bring me inf- they they bring me information. I don't necessarily know the answer, but I'm open to learning and helping patients navigate the information they find because um, I'm on your team. So that's what I would like to share. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on Conversation Peace today to talk about all these different levels of health disparity and how we can empower ourselves to be able to navigate personal health care a lot better. Thank you so much. And to find Dr. Glenna and her husband, <laughs> go to drglennatobert.com to get more information about the services that they offer and to find uh, some of the different resources that they have on their page and to read some of the different case studies um, that have received their services through the regenerative uh, medicine. Thank you guys again. Thank you. It's fun. You. Thank you, Angela. You're welcome. Yeah, it's fun. Thank you to my conversation piece guests, UCLA professor of medicine, Dr. Glenna Tolbert, and CFO Kelvin Tolbert of Tolbert Center for Rehabilitation and Wellness. Thank you to Leslie Rafford, Adam Rice, Tucker, and Michael Washington of MWashSo for the opening and closing theme song. And always you, our RJLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes, please, as you listen to us worldwide anytime on RadioJustice.org. I'm Angela Birdsong. Once again, thank you for allowing me to share this experience of conversation peace on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love.